Welcome to Engage Your Tribe, a podcast about the art and science of audience engagement. I'm Jeremy Scheer, founder and CEO of Tribal Knowledge Podcasting, and my guest is Stephanie O'Malley, director in marketing, sorry, director of marketing at Calero MDSL, a leading technology expense management solution. Stephanie, it's great to have you on the show. Thank you so much. Excited to be here. So tell us about the solution you guys offer and the audience you're trying to engage. Yeah, sure. So we're a software as a service solution, and we're primarily for enterprise IT teams that are struggling to manage, view, and optimize their technology expenses. So we're great for, for companies with more than 10,000 employees. So we're playing in the, you know, the global Fortune 500. It's companies that have expansive real estate or a lot of virtual workers. Think of scenarios like healthcare companies that own chains of hospitals, each building having hundreds of phones, Wi-Fi, mobile devices that need to be tracked, turned on and off, and each has a bill that has to be paid. So we simplify that process for the, the world's biggest companies. Okay, very interesting. And now you told me when we spoke a few weeks ago that IT leaders uh, often struggle to find news and information that they can really trust. And so, therefore, you you focus a lot on creating content content that they can trust. So, what's your strategy for for doing that? Like, what's the difference between the kind of content that your your audience looks at and goes, eh, I, don't, "I don't trust it," and and content that they're like, "Yeah, this is the real deal." Well, our own research and industry data tells us that these types of IT execs they trust sources primarily like their peers and analysts, and that they struggle to find sources that can outline and define like specific steps in the path of purchase, the buying process, and even evaluating vendors. So our current strategy focuses content on providing answers. So in the form of thought leadership, like eBooks, checklists, guides, kits that allow IT leaders to make the right choices for them. I like to think of the example like with in B2C where Progressive Insurance promotes the let us show you a quote for all the vendors. Our content is agnostic. We don't lead with a product, rather focusing on the challenges that our IT leaders may or may not even know that they're facing. So we try to author all of our pieces anchored around an internal subject matter expert or a series of those experts, each having an individual or group interview. Basically, what I'm saying is marketing doesn't write any of the content at Claro MBSL. We come up with the challenges and we let our internal industry mm. experts craft the story. Now, we'll use writers, obviously, uh, to, to write what they're um, coming up with. But we really feel like our product, our solution engineers, our sales reps, our sales leaders, they're having the day-to-day -day conversations and they know what IT leaders are struggling with. We just did a large piece of uh, market research. And one of the big things that came back was that IT leaders cannot find ROI tools. So we've now we're crafting a, a, a large campaign around these. This is how you uh, promote and uncover ROI in technology expense management. So just leaning into what the buyer is facing for a challenge, that's really our, our content strategy and using the experts internally who can help guide that uh, discussion. Okay. So it's, it sounds like your, as you just described, your strategy is align our content with what our, our targets are actually looking for, with, with, with what's going to help them most which seems like the most elementary thing to do and the most obvious, except that, you know, as you told me before, a lot of content out there that doesn't do that 
And so why is that? Why is there so much content out there that's trying to engage these folks, but that, you know, falls short? Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, the biggest thing probably is that it's focused on product and, you know, focusing your content strategy around product while is great for promotion of your own solution. You know, that's not what buyers and IT leaders in my case are are looking for. Um, That's, you know, obviously much more down funnel. And even then, when you're in the buying decision, you know, having content that's focused around compare and contrast, or, you know, here's what the voice of the customer is saying, um, instead of this is our solution, and this is what it looks like. I mean, it, it's a much more, you, you need a lot more strategy and planning and internal buy instead of just, you know, we can produce product sheets all day long, but to write, you know, specific content like that, you got to research, understand what they need, and then be able to, to craft an abstract that the internal parties can, can all work off of. Okay. So that's a good point. I mean, creating this kind of content, as you're just saying, takes a lot of work and energy. It's it's probably simpler, more straightforward to write about your own products. You you know them well, and you already have all that information. And you know, it's funny to me too that like, I think if you're steeped in content marketing and the philosophies behind it, then what you guys do just seems. Of course, you do that. Like, what else would you do? You know, you can't write about your own products, at least not all the time. It has to be, but evidently like that, maybe, you know, even though content marketing has been around for a while, it seems like still that approach is not ubiquitous. It's still a little foreign, at least to to a lot of people. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it takes a lot of time and refinement. So like we have struggles with keeping, you know, the the message focused, I'm making sure we're aligned to what the industry is facing. I mean, we can't sit down and write a marketing calendar, a content calendar in a vacuum. Right. We're going to have to do a lot of research to make sure. And it's changing. I mean, technology is changing so quickly. Great example is COVID. You know, we had a, a marketing calendar for Q2 of 2020, which just blew right out the window. Right. Because that wasn't what the industry was mm-hmm. was facing. So I think what's what's really cool about it and what's great about it is it's made us so much better as a marketing team at all of our channels on all of our channels because we're able to clearly articulate those channels. So when we go out to post on social or, or email, we, we're really good at capturing that message. And then we can, we also see buyers coming into our world through a bunch of different touches. So like, for example, we'll capture their attention with a blog on LinkedIn about, you know, mobile or hybrid workforce challenges. And then they click through over our website and then they're downloading a a relevant Gartner report on mobility trends for 2022 that we're licensing for them. And then we put them into our, our nurture stream with a series, just only blogs and eBooks on how to prepare your workforce for either hybrid or returning to the office. So we've never once in all of those touches talked about our solution or what we do, but we're opening the door to that conversation. And when we get to that conversation, the tone is different. But what I'll say is that's a long play for us. Obviously, we have short plays as well, but that's, you know, that's where we're really creating the attribution through all those different steps. It's a little harder to measure, but it's definitely works really well for us. Yeah. Okay. So, right. It's a little harder to measure. And and really, my next question was going to be, well, what's in it for you? You know, what is your return on that investment? Because it's quite a big investment creating all that, all that well-informed material. So, I mean, you have to have some way of measuring whether it's working or not, right? So like what, I mean, what, I, I mean, or I guess maybe another way to put it is like, what exactly are you hoping to achieve there with what we call, you know, thought leadership, I, I think basically, like what's the, what's the, the, 
the 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 best end result for you guys? Well, I mean, the best end result is you know a customer conversion, somebody that is going to buy from us and stay with sure, us. Sure. You know, we do have in our solution several different pieces that they can you know upsell or cross sell into, and so continuing education is really important. But we you know we see the long game, and we see that this is a very long cycle. And oh, by the way. Most of these IT leaders are going to switch vendors every three years. And so while we may not be the vendor now, in two and a half years when they go out to look, so we've got two and a half years to educate them on why we're, you know, thought leaders and the authority in the in this industry. And we're surfacing challenges that they might not even realize they have. So right a great example right now is hybrid workforces, like we talked about before. Everybody's so focused on video conferencing. Like I got to control all the video conferencing, you know, one per, one group's using Zoom, one group's using Teams. That a lot of IT leaders have lost focus on what was happening back in the office. Am I still paying for landlines? Do I still have desk phones that are turned on? You know, servicing those types of challenges that maybe they don't even realize, that can help us in the long run, but it's not going to happen over one blog. It's not going to happen over, you know, one social media post. It's going to be a series of continued output and and focus on that to really show somebody in the C-suite, a CTO, that there's a, there's a big challenge that's on the table for them. Yeah. Okay. Like you said, it's the long game, playing the long game. So, so now publishing content that your audience doesn't trust obviously is not a good thing to do. But what's really at stake here? So if you're a company that, you know, that you're doing that, you're putting stuff out there and it's all about you and your products and you're just not getting that connection that you want, you know, what's at stake? What can happen when you keep doing that? I mean, I I think it's important to look at, you know, your brand and your archetype. And, you know, we're really focused on being that authority having relevance and and we're also really focused on innovation. So we want to make sure that we're understanding what's the cutting edge. And so everything we do is centered around that ethos. That doesn't mean we don't self-promote. We do self-promote where it's warranted. For example, we have a press release about an award that we won or a ranking that we achieved or this really cool thing that's coming out on our product roadmap. Those are connected to the ethos of the authority and and relevance. And so we're staying grounded in content that's going to help our buyer. We don't promote fluff. Like we're not into polls about waffles versus pancakes or whatever, because we don't, we view that as a waste of our buyer's time and it's, it's clickbait really. You know, we know we aren't Gartner, but we strive to be a trusted partner. So if, if we have a poll or something that we're, we're going to produce an outcome, we want it to be that something that an IT leader can use. And we feel really strongly that if we produce a piece of content and we aren't vetting the source, confirming its validity and relevance before we push it out, that that's that's our misstep on our on our path. Like we really want to be that trusted source, so that if an IT professional makes a decision off of the advice and guidance that we've given them, that's something that they can stand behind and say, look. I read this piece of, you know, I used this switch kit from Claro MBSL when I moved vendors or when I switched off of Excel docs uh, and it really helped me. It streamlined the process. They gave me an RFP template and RFP scorecard. And I think, you know, at the end of the day, right, brand perception is in the eye of the beholder and they may only use one or two or three pieces to make that perception of our brand. So we've got to be 
consistent and thorough and really putting out you know something that people can trust or else that it really could damage our brand, you know? So I, I guess obvi- it's, it does seem kind of obvious when you say it, like if you're not putting out good stuff that uh, people can trust, that's, you know, obviously not going to be good, but it's, it is something that I think we, we really step back and, and look at every day and keep that consistent in our, in our head when we're putting together what we're putting out. Okay. Fair enough. But on the other hand, Waffles or pancakes, where do you stand? <laughs> I'm joking, or I'm laughing because this is actually a poll I saw on Twitter the other day by a, a, some another uh, agency in our in our space. But I would say waffles. I actually like freezer waffles, which is weird. <laughs> My kids eat them and I eat them, so they're perfectly good. <laughs> is that because they have the pockets and you can this then the syrup goes in the little pockets? I don't eat syrup, but I do like the butter in the little pockets. Oh. I will say. Oh. <laughs> I'm probably a waffle person too. And it's definitely because of the syrup in the pockets. So, okay. Um, I'm glad that, and I'm glad that we cleared that up. I'm glad I got you on the record about that. So what's your advice for a mar- for marketing teams that are coming to the real- realization that, okay, we need to be less self-focused, less product centric and more customer centric in our content, in our messaging. What's the first step towards making that change? I, I mean, research, like I, I'm pushing myself to research something every single day, whether that's, you know, just even on a LinkedIn community around what are um, technology leaders talking about, or, you know, there's tools out there. You could use like SEMrush has content ideas. Like if, if you're Googling this, you can, you know, if they're searching this, then you know that they want content around this. You got to be really committed to it. And that's where I think I've seen in the past, you know, marketing teams kind of fall apart. It's like, you know, we put out one or two pieces and then we kind of fall off of that. And we, we just really try to stay committed and you got to have good writers. So our writers, we, we bring them in. We, we only use freelance writers, but we bring them in and we train them. We get them educated on a solution. We get them to have a great relationship with the sneeze. So I think putting in that investment up front is going to be important again to that long game. Like it's, it's going to pay off in the end, but you've got to be really committed to, to doing that. Okay. Well, you know, as a, as a trained writer, I really appreciate that. That's, that's kind of my background before getting into podcasting. And so hear that writers, you are valued. You are, you are needed out there in the world. Yes, for sure. Oh gosh. Yeah. Especially in the world of marketing. Well, that's that's a great insight. And Stephanie, thank you very much for a great conversation overall. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. That's it for this episode of Engage Your Tribe. You can subscribe anywhere you get podcasts on any podcast app. And while you're at it, you might as well give the show five stars and leave an over-the-top comment about how much you love the podcast. You know you want to. If you're a marketer or an internal communicator and you're interested in podcasting, we've got tons of free resources on the website at tribknowledge.com. That's T-R-I-B knowledge.com. Thanks for listening and staying engaged.